0: Welcome you to the Women in Revival Podcast. Um, we are still continuing the season of podcast that we started last week. We looked at marriage matters. We are still on marriage matters, and the first season was tagged. What is marriage? So, we are moving now to season two on marriage matters, and what we want to do on this particular season two is to now look at God's original plan or God's original design for marriage. If you haven't listened to the first season, you want to go back to our website, www.oakofrighteousness.co.uk. Go on our WIR podcast. And also on our own page, you should be able to access our recent podcast. So scroll down, then you will find our recent podcast. So, welcome to Marriage Matters and to Season 2, God's Original Plan, God's Original Design for Marriage. If there's any reason for you to contact us, go on our website, oakofrighteousness.co.uk and on our website, you will find every necessary information to connect with us. So, God's Original Plan God's original design for marriage. Before we get into today's episode, I want to quickly do a, a brief introduction or a brief definition of the word design. Wikipedia defines the word design as a plan or specification. So when we are looking at God's original design for marriage, we are looking at God's original specification and the Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary defines the f- design as to delineate a form or figure by drawing the outline so we are looking at God's outline for marriage God's sketch for marriage right and it also said it means to plan so that's why we said God's original plan or God's original design so the word design means to plan to form an outline representation it also means to project that is to form an idea as a scheme so we want to look at God's scheme for marriage and it continues to say the word design means to propose or intend so we are looking at God's intention for marriage right then it also means to mark out by tokens so what was God's what was it that god marked out for marriage so that is what we'll be looking at in this series i have come to know that oftentimes the reason why many of us go married to be honest with you was our own selfish purpose we just want to be married because uh, it's time to get married but meanwhile god has his plan his purpose for marriage and that is what we'll be looking at if god help us to understand the design of god for marriage honestly we will see that marriage is first and foremost all about God so my last definition according to um, Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary says design is to intend to apply or appropriate right so what is God's intention what is it that God wants marriage to look like so I'm praying that as we go through this particular season I'm praying that the Lord himself will speak to your heart. So, we are looking at God's plan or God's specification for marriage. And you know that abuse is inevitable when we don't know the purpose of something. For example, an electric kettle is not designed for boiling water on your stove. While an electric kettle boils water, then you won't carry an electric kettle and put it on your electric stove and say well I want to boil water no so it is quite important for us to understand God the designer's design and intention for marriage we are having the breaking away of marriage nowadays I was reading a book yesterday and the book was letting me know that look the rate of divorce in the church equates the rate of divorce even in the secular world and actually survey shows that Christians are diversing in a higher rate than the secular world so we really need to have a good understanding of what marriage is and for some of you who might be going through this podcast with us perhaps you are involved in marriage counseling it is important to let those who come to you particularly those who are about to enter marriage to understand marriage from the biblical point of view and from the grassroots When I am handling premarital counseling, I am not just interested in dealing with marriage from the surface. I want us to go back to the beginning of marriage, to the one who created marriage. Because right from the beginning, marriage is to tell God's story. Marriage is all about God. So I'm praying that the Lord will challenge all our hearts as we go through this series. So that you and I, we will value our husbands, we value our marriage, we will use our marriage as an implement that put God on the pedestal. It is important that we know God's design for marriage, God's intention for marriage. And the intention of God for marriage is found in the Bible. If you come across those who work in the bank, for example, for them to be trained to recognize genuine currency, they are usually offered the genuine currency to study and not to observe the counterfeit they were never given the counterfeit to study instead they would be given the original a genuine currency to study and observe for a time and a time marriages are failing today because our generation we have been given the counterfeit to observe as a pattern for marriage we are not seeing the original design of god marriage. Marriage is a beautiful thing. Marriage is telling the story of God. So on today's episode let us look at what is God designed for marriage and God's design for marriage is first and foremost that the husband and the wife will be carrying the person of God. That is the first prerequisite for a Christian marriage. People who are carrying Jesus, bearers of God. Marriage is to serve as a representation of the Godhead. So for a man or a woman to be married, in God's context, you must be a bearer of God. A man and a woman are meant to be carrying Christ, to reflect Him through our marriages. So if I am not born again, if I don't have Jesus in my life, if I don't have Christ, who is the hope of glory dwelling within me, then I wouldn't be able to typify God's kind of marriage. And I want us to go to Genesis chapter 1 and we read verses 26 to 30. I'll probably read it from a few translations. And I read from the King James first. The King James says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them. So you will see that right from the beginning, marriage was never an afterthought. The intention of God was to make them right. Let us make man, but man is coming into dimension and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeped upon the earth. So, God created man in his own image. Are you saying in the image of God created he him? Male and female created in them, so marriage was never an afterthought. The man was not an afterthought, the woman was never an afterthought. Right from creation, God planned to make man and woman for the context of marriage, and God said they must be made in the image of God, and they were made in the image. Of God. So the first people that was that were brought into Mary were people that were carrying the person of God. They were God's image bearers. And now verse 28 says, God then blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every heart bearing seed and it goes on on and on i think i'll just stop here so the point that i'm driving at is the verse 29 verse 27 so god created man in his own image in the image of god created he him male and female created he them so god's original design for marriage is that the wife in marriage the man in marriage will be God's image bearer. Marriage is having difficulty today because we have husbands, we have wives that are no longer God's image bearer. And if I read this same scripture in the good news, probably verse 27 of Genesis chapter 1 and then maybe verse 20, verse 26 and maybe 27, yes. Then God said, and now we will make human beings. They will be like us and resemble us. Are you seeing? So God's design for the man and the woman in marriage is that they will resemble them. A man that resembles God won't be slapping his wife. A woman that resemble God won't be nagging her husband. So God says, we are making human beings who will be like us and resemble us. Then now, I will go to verse 27. So God created human beings, making them to be like himself. He created them male and female. I don't know whether you are getting what I'm driving at. For a marriage to be successful, to be fruitful, I dare say, the man and the woman in marriage ought to be people who resemble God, people who are like God. God's concept of marriage is for the man and the woman who are his image bearers. And if I quickly want to push this further, in the New Testament, in Ephesians chapter 5, from verse 30 to 32, let me quickly read that from the King James says, For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bone. Now, talking about the Lord Jesus. We are members of Jesus' body, Jesus' flesh, Jesus' bone, 31, for this cause. Shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So, what do I want to take from here again? The verse 30. We are members of Jesus' body. We are resemblers of him. We are like him. So it is the man and the woman who are members of the body of Christ, who are part of Jesus, who are bearing Jesus in their hearts, that can fit into God's original concept of marriage. And to be honest with you, the problem we are having today in marriage is because human beings have degenerated we have degenerated from being in God's image we are now in the image of Adam the image of man But God's marriage was designed for the man and for the woman that were bearing his image and I don't know where you are in your life journey are you God's image bearer as a wife are you bearing his image? You see the submission of the Lord Jesus even to his father. That is what a Christian wife is meant to typify. Are you God's image bearer? Maybe you are a husband um, listening into this podcast. Are you God's image bearer as a husband? God's plan, God's design, God's sketch is that the husband and the wife in marriage. Will be carrying his person and it is my prayer that if you are not in the image of god maybe you claim you go to church but you know you are not carrying god you are only practicing religion your marriage will struggle it is only the man and the woman that are god's image bearer and i'm praying that you will be restored back to be that wife who is bearing the image of God in your marriage. Amen. Welcome back to the Women in Revival podcast and to this season of podcast. Marriage Matters, and to this particular season, which we tagged God's design or God's plan for marriage. We started yesterday as we looked at God's number one design for marriage, that God's concept of marriage is that the man and the woman that will be in marriage must be his image bearers. And if you have missed yesterday's episode, do go back to our website, www.oakofrighteousness.co dot uk and if you need to contact us all the necessary information needed to contact us is on our website so today we want to move on as we consider what is god's design for marriage or what is god's plan for marriage now the plan of god for marriage is that marriage will be a ministry offered to god your marriage is a ministry offered to god so if we look at God's concept of marriage, you will see that it's not first about you. It's first about God. Marriage is to point back to God. So again, we are going to read the scripture that we read yesterday, Genesis 1:26 to 28. And I read, and it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion, and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth so this is the word of the lord so we see from this that marriage is a ministry offered to god because there god said let us make man right if i if, if you say let us make man god said the purpose for making man is that they will have dominion over the fish of the sea, over this, over that. So God made human beings to come and be his ambassador on earth. And like I said yesterday, when God was making man, he was making two gender, male and female, because he had marriage in mind. So marriage is to be a ministry offered to God. It's an opportunity to govern for God. It's an opportunity to have power for God. It's an opportunity to occupy the kingdom for God. It's an opportunity to present the kingdom of God. Your marriage is a ministry. It's meant to be a ministry offered to God. As you serve your husband in your home in every aspect of matrimony actually it's meant to be a ministry far to go sometimes women we can be busy with many things secular job even ministry and neglect our marriage meanwhile your marriage is your first ministry after your personal work with god the next line of priority is your marriage your marriage is to be a ministry a vocation that you are rendering unto the lord if i go down quickly if i go quickly now And read Genesis 2. You will see further from verse 18 to 25. And I read. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. So at this junction, God said, Look, it is not good that man should be alone. Man had been alone right from his creation. And then God looked and said, Look, at this junction, it is no more good. If you look at Genesis 1, Everything God, as God was creating everything, the Bible will say it was good, it was good, and actually at the last verse in chapter one, the Bible says it was very good. So God's creation was good, the man was good, the art was good. But by the time we get to this Genesis 2 in verse 18, we see something that wasn't good. And what was it that man should be alone? Then God made and helped. God said, Let's make and help that meet his need. Right And then verse 19, and out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called them, called every living creature, that was the name thereof. This is so beautiful. So God said, it is no longer good. Then God said, okay, we are going to make a help for the man. And then God created all kinds, all manner of animals from the ground. Remember, Adam came from the ground. So these creatures came from the ground. Yet as close to the ground as they were, none of them could fulfill the ministry God wanted the woman to come and fulfill in the life of the man. And then verse 26, Adam gave names to all cattle, to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field before Adam. There was not found an help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. That's verse 22 now. So in verse 18, God said it is not good. And in verse 19, God went to work and created all manner of animals from the ground and they were brought to adam adam named all of them but none of them was suitable helper for the man adam could not find that woman who will come and offer herself as a ministry to her husband in offering herself to the lord and now god put adam to sleep and they brought the woman out of the man right out of the rib of the man And then God closed the flesh. And if you look at that, having closed the flesh, the way we were taught was that there is an emptiness, there is a void in that place. So for every man, for every woman, there is a deficiency, there is a weakness that we are meant to complement. So the woman was brought in to offer a complementary ministry to her husband, yet it is a direct ministry unto the Lord unfortunately most times we get into marriage and focus on those weaknesses of our husbands and make them the reason for contention in the home meanwhile those weaknesses are actually opportunity for you as the wife to fulfill your ministry unto your husband as unto the lord so now in verse 23 the bible says and adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So what do I want to bring from here? The woman was sent forth by God into the life of the man as a ministry unto the Lord. She is a minister in her husband's life a service offered unto the Lord. So why God put the man to sleep and brought out rib and that rib was made into the woman. So there are deficiencies there are there, there are vacant space that the woman is meant to key into as she offers her ministry unto the Lord. I'm praying that the Lord will help you to see the weaknesses in your husband and you know and step into it. And offer that ministry as unto the Lord. The early years of my marriage, I wish I understood this. So those weaknesses were reasons for me to nag, to complain, and moan, and murmur, and talk. Not knowing. But I remember my husband kept telling me that, my dear, that is why God brought you into my life. God knew that I needed this help. God knew that these weaknesses were there. Hence the reason why he brought you. You know, but when he said that in those days, it used, I used to be very annoyed because I would look at him, I would calculate his age, calculate mine, and tell him the gap. I would have told him the gap between us and how he was more educated than me, how he was more spiritual than me, and how is this mommy me that will now come and, and, and help you know these weaknesses. I used to think, is that common sense? But that is the truth. I'm grateful that that truth dawned on me that I discovered that it is a ministry. The weaknesses in our husbands, the deficiencies, the inabilities in our husbands actually are opportunity to offer ministry unto the Lord. The book of Proverbs 18.22 tells us that whoever finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. The woman is God's favor to her husband. She is to come and see her marriage as a ministry. Whatever strength, whatever weakness her husband has, she is to look at both of them and look at the greatest God has endowed her with also and compliment and support and be that help that God brought, that no animal, no other thing, no other creature could offer to her husband. So, I am challenging you today to write down the list of the weaknesses you are seeing in your husband's life and look at your life. How has God equipped you to be of support in those areas? And then go to the Lord and say, Lord, here is a ministry. Maybe, for example, your husband um, struggles with the management of, with money management, and perhaps you are very good, or is the area of administration, and you are very good, rather than moan and complain about his inability to be an effective administrator, to be an effective money manager, why not go to the Lord and say, Lord, I am discovering discovering these weaknesses in my husband's life. Please help me to offer you a ministry in this area. And as you pray, even if the man is a difficult man, who will not give you space to operate in that sphere. But as you go before God, God will begin to make room for you in your husband's life. And then before you know it, you begin to offer ministry unto the Lord. Your husband's weaknesses, your husband's challenges and difficulties, they are opportunity for you to offer a ministry to the Lord. Your marriage is your first ministry, your marriage is a ministry offered unto the Lord. And the intention of God is that as you offer this ministry called marriage, as you play your part as a service unto the Lord, your union between your husband and you will then produce what is good. Because God gave you as good to your husband, you are God's favor to him to come And be God's ambassador, even in his life. And it is my prayer that you will see your marriage as a ministry. That the reasons why you quarrel him, the reasons why you nag him, the reasons why there is rancor and contention here and there, day by day in your marriage, you will begin to analyze and look at them and say, actually, this is why God brought me. And then you will be able to ask God for grace and wisdom to be that minister. Even in those weak areas of your husband's life, Amen. Welcome back to the Women in Reviver podcast, and to this particular season of podcast, Marriage Matters. Welcome to season two. We are looking at God's design or God's plan for marriage. And so far, we have seen that God's design for marriage is that the husband and the wife in marriage will be carrying the person of God. They will be God's image bearers. And also, we saw last time that marriage is a ministry offered to God. God's design, God's plan for marriage is that marriage will be offered to Him as a ministry marriage is not meant to be problematic marriage is not meant to be um challenging and difficult and troublesome instead marriage actually is meant to be a pleasure that we offer unto the lord so if you have missed any episode or any of this particular season i want to encourage you go back to our website okofrighteousness.co.uk you can get to friends two of your friends or just a friend and listen to this together discuss it, pray into it and let God speak to your heart. And if there's any reason for you to contact us do contact us on 794 398 Perhaps you need further resources for marriage We have some Bible study There is a Bible study entrusted with your marriage that comes with a video. If you contact us we will be able to help you with that so today we want to look again at god's design or god's plan for marriage and god's design for marriage is that the man and the woman will be one with christ and then one with each other i think this is where our problem comes from oftentimes even the ones that claim they are christian couples they are not one with christ they may be religious but not one with christ And the man and the woman that will enjoy marriage in season and out of season are those individuals who are first yoked with Christ, who have a personal relationship with Christ. So God's design is that the wife, the husband, will be one with Christ in flesh, in bone and body, and then with each other. Actually, marriage is meant to be a relationship that points upward and out of our relationship with God, then it flows into our relationship with each other. So for me, marriage is both vertical and horizontal, you know, first a relationship with God and then a relationship that flow to each other. So we are going to read a few verses again today. So let's go and read the book of Ephesians. And I will read, ephesians chapter 5 verse 30 to 32 and it says for we are members of his body of his flesh of his bones let me pause there we are members of his body of his flesh and of his bones so this has implication whose member are you whose bodies i don't know how to put this now whose body do you belong to you know the bone of cows differs from the bones of dogs the bones of dogs differs from the bones of hens. i hope you know this so whose bones are you are you the bone of christ are you the flesh of christ the flesh of um tilapia differs from the flesh of salmon even though both are fish so what am i saying Marriage in God's plan is that it will be first, the man, the woman, is part of Jesus's body, of Jesus's flesh, and of Jesus's bone. And again, this is where it's taking me to your personal relationship with God. Do you know that when we have a personal work with God, when we are misbehaving as wives, the Holy Spirit will nudge our hearts. When you are spoken rudely to your husband, the Holy Spirit will tell you. When your husband has done something to you that hurts you, the Holy Spirit will know how to bring you comfort, whereby you won't take it on your husband again. Are you in union with God? Are you in union with Christ? Are you a member of Jesus' body, of Jesus' bone, of Jesus' flesh? Is His blood flowing in your veins? This is where marriage problem starts from. We have many who are married to each other, but they are not married to Jesus. They may be busy in church. They may be workers in church, but actually they are separated from Christ. So if we are separated from Christ, it's only a matter of time. Separation will begin to flow in our relationship with each other. Marriage was conceived by God. Marriage is God's idea, and as such, for you to enjoy your marriage, you need to be in union with Christ. If I go on to another scripture, Genesis 2 now, verse 22 to 25, it says, permit me to read it from um, the good news, and it says, He formed a woman out of the rib and brought her to him. Are you seeing? So first we've dealt with the need to be one flesh with Jesus, One bone with Jesus, one body with Jesus. It's not enough to be part of a local representation of the body of Christ. But you need to have a union with Jesus Christ himself. And now we then see, according to this Genesis 2.22, that the woman was formed out of the rib that was taken from the man. So while you are in union with God, then the union with your husband. Then the man said, at last, here is one of my own kind. So, I don't know how to put this across to you. If you are understanding this, you are one of your husband's kind. I remember my husband used to say to me in those early days, early weeks, early months of marriage, when I've misbehaved, he said to me, my dear, your misbehavior is not your problem. It's me. He would say to me that it's out of the misbehavior in me. That has flown to you now. This is a man personally. If I will evaluate my husband, he is a perfect example of Christ to me. Then, my misconduct, he says, Don't worry, it's my unconscious misconduct that is coming to you, so don't worry. So, if you see your husband's weaknesses and misconduct, so to say, you need to know he's one of my kind. And with that, you will be able to petition God on your husband's behalf. You read stories like the story of Nehemiah, how he prayed, identifying with his people, even though he wasn't in Jerusalem at that time, he was in Babylon. So this scripture says, at last, Adam said, this is one of my own kind, bone taken from my bone, flesh from my flesh. Woman is her name because she was taken out of man. And that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united with his wife and they become one flesh. So if this understanding of I am the bone of my husband's bone, I am the flesh of my husband's flesh, I am the body of my husband's blood body, if this understanding hasn't come to you, cleaving will be difficult, living will be difficult, not to talk of cleaving. So God's design for marriage is the need to be yoked with Jesus, And then to be one with my husband. Verse 25 said the man and the woman were both naked, but they were not embarrassed. Why? Because they were born of each other. They were flesh of each other. They were bodies of each other. They have come to the understanding that, look, my husband's weakness is my weakness. My husband's success is my success. If my husband is committing sin, I am taking responsibility over it. God's design for marriage is that the man and the woman will be one with Christ and then one with each other in flesh, in bone, and in body. Hence, the reason why Corinthians tells us that our body is no longer ours. Your body as a wife belongs to your husband while your husband's body is yours. Marriage has deep secrets. But these deep secrets are only communicated to us as we are in union with Christ Jesus. And the moment we understand our union with Christ and then we are able to understand our union with our husband, then you will see that this understanding fosters transparency between us. That Genesis 2.25 tells us that they were naked, they were not ashamed, they were not embarrassed. Their finances, their struggles, their challenges at work, their health issues, everything, they look at it transparently. They were open to each other. There is no secret. There is no secret going to one's mom to pour out what is happening to one's parents or call a friend and pour everything that is happening in your marriage to a friend. They are both open and talk Openly to each other, they were open to evaluate each other. That is God's design of marriage. God's design of marriage is that you be in union with Him, then you can be in union with your husband. Are you one body with Christ? Are you in union with Him? Are you born again? Do you have a personal relationship with Christ? It is this relationship that must flow into your marital relationship. You go and check the many broken marriages today. It's because we've broken fellowship with Christ. And I'm praying that perhaps you are going through this series and you don't have a walk with God. May this podcast today lead you back to a place of rededicating your life to the Lord other than capitalize on your husband's weaknesses can you go back to God and say God I'm coming home I'm rededicating my life to you and if you want us to help you along the way do feel free to contact us on plus four four seven nine four four three nine eight four one five Amen on Women in revival, and particularly on this season of podcast, Marriage Matters. We are on season 2 as we look at God's design or God's plan for marriage. So far we have seen the plan of God for marriage, that God's plan for marriage is that the man and the woman in marriage will be his image bearers and that marriage is meant to be a ministry offered unto God. And we saw yesterday that marriage is meant to be a relationship where the man and the woman are in union with Christ first and then with each other so today as we continue on this season 2 we want to look at marriage was designed to be a relationship where there is living and claving so God's design for marriage is that there will be living and there will be claving and a situation where you are married but you are still much more attached to your parents everything that goes on in your marriage, you tell your mom, you tell your dad there are friends that you are updating about events in your marriage then there is no living yet and without living, there can't be cleaving. The day you are saying yes to your husband, actually you are saying bye bye to your parents' ideas to your friends' ideas you are submitting to the leadership to the authority of another for your life So there needs to be a living. Sometimes, women, it's the idea that you have put together for years. Some of us we are well educated than our husbands, so or some of us we are well placed in our vocation than our husbands, and you are not willing to leave that idea behind. I'm not saying leave your vocation leave that idea behind that oh i am much much more superior than my husband when it comes to vocation you know so you are very proud at home you are very rude you look at your husband and you're saying to him how educated are you and your mouth says all sorts of things or perhaps actually you are the one sponsoring him going back to school and that becomes an issue you are not you are not living. there is no living. Not to talk of cleaving. So your idea of your success, of who you are, they are what are dominating your heart in your marriage. There needs to be a living. You need to leave yourself behind. You need to say no to yourself. Self-actualization, self-promotion, they need to be left behind. So without living, there can't be cleaving. And God's idea for marriage is that there will be a living so that there will be cleaving so let us quickly read again the book of genesis chapter 2 you see we have been dwelling in the book of genesis the beginning of marriage isn't it so genesis 2 verse 24 and i read says therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh so, where he says, and they shall cleave, the good news is, and is united with his wife, and they become one. So, marriage in God's design is that where there is living, there is a putting behind of who you are, of your accomplishment, of whatever. You are entering a new life, so to say. That's why when we get married, see, we change name, isn't it? Our surname changes. our maiden name to our husband's name isn't it there ought to be a living and then we can cleave the ideas of how your father treats your mom you need to leave it behind the ideas of how your siblings marriages are you need to leave it behind and focus on god's ideal concept of marriage i've seen situations where women are married but to be honest Their own family are the ones controlling the marriage. A situation where there is Easter or Christmas, maybe before you go married, before you usually go to your parents for Christmas and all of that, your family, you meet together. But the moment you marry, that's right, it's relinquished. It's a decision you and your husband need to make. Your extended family shouldn't be saying to you, are you coming for Christmas? You need to come. They need to pull back and let you and your husband begin to lead your own home. There have been situations where women are married, but unfortunately, they still follow their parents to their own church. They won't follow their husbands to church. There is no living. You are a nation divided, a family divided, and the Bible says, such shall not stand. So there are many concepts women we have carried into our marriages, and they are disrupting and destroying family life there are situations no i've seen all sorts of i don't want to go into details and be talking and talking about this thing i've seen all sorts of so you need to be careful there needs to be a living and form a bond with your husband start your life start your own family principle which might be different from the family background you are coming from as long as the bond you and your husband are forming, the family principles, the family ethos that you are forming as long as they are biblically granted, then that's fine. So I'm praying that the Lord will help you to live and then to cleave, that is to embrace your husband, embrace his ideas as long as they are not sinful. Don't go about comparing your husband to your brother-in-law, to your father, to the, your pastor, to the husbands you have seen. When you are doing that, you are not living. You are still clinging to others. You are bringing your husband to become other people. So you need to live. leave your ideology and then embrace the husband God has given you. My husband may not be your kind of husband. For example, I tell you, my husband he talks a lot. Maybe yours is quiet. Thank God for my husband. So the need to live and then embrace the type of man God has given unto you. Don't go comparing lists with your friends. I know women will do that. Don't go in this day of social media and be reading all sorts of ideas on marriage. We have many marriage gurus now on our social medias. Don't follow them. You need to embrace God's idea of marriage. A friend may say to you, oh, I can't take that. My husband can never try that with me. That is not true. You need to leave their idea of marriage and look unto the Lord for his concept of marriage. And try to understand the man God has given you Know him, dwell with him according to knowledge, get to know his weaknesses, his strength, and ask God how you can come in and combine weaknesses and strength, and it all together become a whole. That is what living and cleaving is. Many marriages today, many young marriages, I dare say, there is no living. Many of your marriages are still controlled by friends by your parents by your siblings majority of what is going on in your marriage is being referred back to your parents to your siblings to your friends so it's like there is no privacy between you and your husband that is not god's ideal marriage if there are issues both of you need to sit down, talk and talk to the lord obviously when there is a need to bring in A third party, it needs to prayerfully, it needs to be prayerfully sorted. So I'm praying that the Lord will help you to indeed allow your marriage to be sorted and reflect God's design of living and then cleaving. Sometimes you find a woman or a man who was in a previous relationship before getting married, maybe before coming to the Lord and there is a child or children before the marriage and these children are brought into marriage and unfortunately, we cleave to these children, the wife cleave to, to our children and this kind of cause trouble when if you find yourself in such situation whereby you've had a child before marrying a man, you need to put that child where he or she belongs your husbands come first. So that is where educating our children comes. Mommy is getting married. This is your father now. This is your father. You need to see him as a father. He will play his But You know, there is a need to educate our children. You must not put this child above your husband. There needs to be a living and live with your husband and form a bond and form a team even for the upbringing of that child. And if it is your husband who already had a child before getting married, then even that child, both of you need to sit down and team up in order to help that child and in order to enjoy each other's relationship. This is very, very vital. This is very, very crucial. Where you need to seek counseling, do seek do see counsel from godly people. So, marriage in God's um, concept is such where there has to be a living where there has to be a cleaving. and when living and cleaving occurs, there is companionship marriage is so enjoyable both in thick and thin in sickness and in health, it is enjoyable I wish I can begin to show you some wonderful stories of my marriage I do say, if I'm privileged to come back to earth again, I don't mind marrying my husband is such a lovely man to marry marriage is such a privilege that transcends our ease that transcends our happiness our joy our sorrows our sadness so when there is living and there is cleaving there is true companionship and also there will be true sexual fulfillment because it's part of marriage again it is because we are not living that we are unable to cleave even with our husbands in sensual fulfillment. Obviously, there might be matters that we need to look at. But this can only come as we are willing to leave our own ideas for why we are not having sexual fulfillment in marriage and look at things biblically and let God help us. So it is my prayer that your marriage will be such that reflect this mind of God this idea of God for his own marriage. Amen. Welcome back to the Women in Revival podcast and thank you so much for joining us to the end of this season 2, God's design or God's plan for marriage. I hope it's been a blessing to you. If they're sending it for you to contact us, go on our website www.okoffrighteousness.co.uk the number to contact us on is +447944398415 um yes so so far we have looked at a few issues on God's concept God's design or God's plan for marriage and we saw that God's plan was that the husband and the wife that will be in marriage they will be his image bearers. And we also saw that marriage is meant to be a ministry offered to God and that the man and the woman will be one first with Christ and then with each other in flesh, in bone and in body. And then we also saw that marriage was designed to be a relationship where there is living and cleaving. And as we round up today, I'm praying that whatsoever state your marriage is, the Lord would have used this podcast to encourage your heart, to equip your heart. If you need further support, do contact us. Go on our contact us page on our website and contact us and we'll be willing to offer you support. Today, as we round up this season two, God's design or God's plan for marriage, let us look at another design for marriage. God designed marriage to be for the raising of godly children. I don't know if that makes sense. God's plan for marriage is that it will be for the raising of godly children. We are having many children in Christian, so to say, Christian homes, the children that are not following God. Meanwhile, the reason for Christian marriages is that God will come to your house one day and find for himself a godly child, a godly young lady, a godly young man. So let's quickly read the book of Malachi chapter 2 verse 15. Malachi 2, 15. And I read, I will read a few translations. The King James says, The and did not he make one yet had he the residue of the spirit, and wherefore one that he might seek a godly seed. I will stop there. That's all the NIV says as not the one God made you you belong to him in body and spirit and what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. That is what God is seeking for. God's design for marriage is not just that you will bring forth children but God's intention is that every Christian home will produce godly children. This is the reason why God has brought you into marriage. The New Living Translation says, didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit as you are his, and spirit you are his, and what does he want? Godly children from your union. What God is seeking for, God's design for marriage is that Christian marriages will produce for him godly children. The Israelites of old understood this. And many of them pursue this. Sometimes I'm reading the account of the Israelites and I'm seeing a father who has all his children following in his godliness. Why? That is God's design for marriage. That our marriage be produced for God, godly seed. That the battle of godliness will be passed on to our children. The reason why God is giving you children in your marriage... It's not so you can have children that will look after you in old age. Why they will do that? But the primary purpose is that they will be godly. It is actually in their godliness that they are able to look after you. And also, the reason why God has given you children or will be giving you children in your marriage is not to say, well, I've got children, thank God. I'm not barren. That's it. Sometimes barrenness is actually better than some of us who have children because the children we are bringing up, they are causing pain in God's heart. You look at criminal, criminal record in many of our nations. The children that are in prisons, majority of them are bearing Christian names. So where have we gone wrong? Are we fully pursuing the plan, the design of God for marriage. I have a dear sister, Sometimes when she's talking to us on the the matter of raising sons, she's crying, she's saying, look, we need to raise our sons. Majority of them are landing in prisons. These are children that we took to church for dedication. These are children that we call James, John, Michael, just name, all manner of Christian names. But these are children that are ungodly. God's reason for giving you that man as a husband and for now blessing your union with a child is not just so to say we have children in our marriage, but much more that you will raise unto him godly seed, godly children, godly offspring. God desired the baton of godliness, the baton of righteousness to be passed on to the next generation. And how do we pass it on through our marriage relationship? As we raise our children for the Lord, we give them the baton of it. they continue it and pass it on and pass it on and pass it on. Let it not be that a generation arose who do not know the Lord. I'm praying that the Lord will challenge your heart, that you will from henceforth pursue the plan of God, Pursue the purpose of God. Pursue the plan of God for marriage. That your marriage will be for the upbringing of godly children. Not children that will be causing pain in the heart of God and even in their generation. Perhaps you are already struggling in the upbringing of your children. Perhaps you need support. Why not contact us on plus four four seven nine four four. 398 415. God is able to redeem. His hands are not too short to deliver, to set free, and to restore your children. It is my prayer that your marriage, your marriage will produce both now and for eternity, Godly offspring. spring. Amen.